Once upon a bright and sunny day, Jubal Bullfrog skipped down the flower path. He was so happy his feet barely touched the ground. Before long, he came to the cottage of Gertie Toad and her seven toadlets. Whackety whack! Gertie was outside beating a dirty old rug with her broom. A happy sunny day to you, dear friend, Jubal exclaimed. What's so happy about it? Gertie snapped. The toadlets are into everything and my house is a mess. For all I care, it could be raining. But I've made a picnic to share, Jubal said, holding up his basket. Picnic? I don't have time for that, Gertie grumped. Work, work, work. That's all I ever do. Gertie Toad heaved the rug over her shoulder and stomped into her cottage. Jubal looked up. The sky was blue and the birds were singing in the trees. A splendid feeling of wonder moved up from his toes to the tip of his nose. Grasping his basket, Jubal skipped on, whistling a happy tune. Down by the river, Jubal found Captain Dalbert Lizard lounging in the shade of his sailboat, the Molly Bee. A happy sunny day to you, dear friend, Jubal called. The lizard opened one eye and sighed. My happy days are over, he said. Once I was a great captain, bound for adventure with a fine crew. But now no one wants to sail in an old boat with an old captain. I know just what you need, Jubal said, holding up his basket. A picnic always makes everything better. Sorry, Jubal. Captain Dalbert said as he slowly climbed the ladder to his cabin. I'm not in the mood. For a moment, Jubal thought, maybe I should be unhappy too. But the fresh grass and sweet flowers smelled so good. Jubal plopped down beneath a daisy and took a deep breath. He leaned back, closed his eyes, and said, I wish there was something I could do to make my friends as happy as I am on this glorious day. A butterfly came dancing over his head and landed on the daisy. Then something wondrous happened. A great hand reached down and scooped Jubal high up into the air. Do you need a wish? The wizard asked the startled bullfrog. Reaching into his pocket, the wizard brought out a small twinkling star. It's a wish, he said, and it's yours if you want it. A wish, Jubal exclaimed. Do they really come true? Dreams and wishes, wishes and dreams, the wizard said with a wink. Sometimes they work, and sometimes they don't. You never know how they'll turn out in the end. The bullfrog took the twinkling star and held it next to his heart. I wish Gertie Toad's housework was done and her toadlets were well behaved and Captain Dalbert has an adventures back. That's my wish. Jubal opened his eyes. He was back beneath the daisy. The wizard was gone and the twinkling wish had disappeared. Racing over to the molly bee, he hurried up the ladder. Captain, Captain! he called, knocking on the cabin door. Are you happy now? The door slowly opened. Captain Dalbert squinted out at the bullfrog. 
Oh, Jubal, he groaned. I bumped my head, stubbed my toe, and burned my biscuits. Someone must have put a curse on me. Go away and leave an old salt to his troubles. As Jubal walked back up the path, a dark cloud gathered in the sky, hiding the sun. When the bullfrog passed Gertie Toad's cottage, he heard her yelling inside. Stop squabbling! What a mess! Pick up your toys! Thunder boomed and lightning flashed. Before long, Jubal came to a large toadstool. He climbed up and sat down to think. My wish didn't work. That wizard tricked me. Captain Dalbert and Gertie are more miserable than ever, and what has happened to my sunny, happy day? A tear trickled down his cheek just as the first drop of rain plopped onto his nose. Jubal sobbed, and the rain poured down. The rain made deep puddles. The puddles ran together and formed a stream and the stream grew wider and soon became a rushing river. Jubal didn't notice what was happening until icy water washed over his toes. Oh dear, he cried, it's a flood. I'll be swept away. Great waves rolled toward the bullfrog. Help, somebody save me, he shouted. I'm stranded. A faint voice called in the distance. Jubal. Where are you? I'm over here, he yelled, trying to see through the blinding rain. A struggling sailboat bobbed into view. Hang on, Jubal, an anxious voice called. We're almost there. The sailboat fought its way through the storm until it struck the toadstool with a bump. Gertie and her toadlets pulled Jubal from the stormy water just in time. Welcome aboard, matey, Captain Dalbert shouted as he slapped his friend on the back. What a day, eh? I haven't seen this much action since the typhoon of 49. Good work, toadlets. You are a fine crew. Aye, aye, Captain, the toadlets agreed. Oh, Jubal, I'm so glad you're safe, Gertie Toad said, hugging him. It's a miracle. Our cottage floated away and Captain Dalbert rescued us all. Gracious, Jubal exclaimed. What will you do now? I know what to do, the captain said. We'll go on a grand adventure. The toadlets will be my crew, and Gertie will make a great first mate. If you're needing a cook, Jubal said, holding up his picnic basket, our first meal is ready to serve. Let's eat, Captain Dalbert exclaimed. Just then the sun appeared in the sky, making a rainbow over the water. It's like a dream, or a wish come true, Gertie said. Dreams and wishes, wishes and dreams, Jubal said with a wink. Sometimes they work, and sometimes they don't. You never know how they'll turn out in the end. Once there was a fairy who lived on a farthest star, Everybody in the air and everywhere and in all the stars respected him and took all their troubles to him whenever something went wrong. For millions of years, he lived quietly and happily, 
without growing any older, because he was a fairy, and fairies never grow any older. And he was very polite, and he had a wonderful smile and a pair of golden wings. All the people on the stars, and everywhere, and in the air, had wings too, although they weren't fairies themselves, because to travel in the air and everywhere from one star to another star, you have to fly. In fact, the people were flying most of the time. They would open their wings and fly down to breakfast, and then fold up their wings and eat breakfast. When it was lunchtime, they would fly from the air, or wherever they were playing, into their houses, and fold up their wings, and have a delicious luncheon made of star petals and air flowers. Then they'd fly upstairs and have a little nap. And when they woke up, they'd fly out the window to play again, away up in the air. And after supper, they'd fly to bed and fall fast asleep to dream all night about rainbows. It wasn't very often that these people had troubles to take to the fairy, but whenever they had them, they'd fly over to the farthest star where he lived, taking their troubles with them under their arms, and he would examine all the troubles, no matter how big or how little they were, or whether they were just plain troubles or troubles in fancy boxes tied up with pink and green ribbons, and he'd give advice to all the people who brought him these troubles and would never charge them even ten cents. He liked to be nice to people, you see. Well, after this fairy had lived happily and quietly for millions and millions of years, he woke up one morning on the farthest star and heard a murmuring all around him in the air. And this murmuring seemed to come from all the other stars. Why, what in the sky is happening, he said to himself. All the while he was eating his breakfast, this murmuring kept getting louder and louder and louder and louder and louder and louder and louder, till finally the fairy hopped up from the table with a plate of light in one hand and a glass of silence in the other for he always breakfasted upon light and silence, and cried, My gracious, whatever is going on over there on the other stars? Well, he was so nervous, he spilled the silence and choked on the light and then went running out very quickly on the porch. There he saw a strange sight. All the air and everywhere around his star was growing dark, and as he looked it got darker and darker and darker and darker and darker and darker until finally the fairy struck a match because he couldn't see. Then this darkness turned into people. He saw that the air and everywhere was dark because it was filled with millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people. Good heavens, exclaimed the fairy, what can be the matter? Are all these people coming to see me and bringing their troubles? What shall I do? He was really quite scared, but he wouldn't admit it, so he lit a candle and put on his hat and looked very wise. 
In a few moments, the star on which he lived began to be filled with millions and millions and millions and millions of winged people who'd alighted on it. Millions and millions and millions of people began hopping and flopping and tripping and skipping and scurrying and tumbling and grumbling and hurrying toward his house. They came so fast they almost blew out his candle. In a few seconds, he found himself surrounded by millions and millions of angry neighbors, all of them carrying troubles. And the funny part of it was that these troubles all looked alike. So he knew that all the people must have the same trouble. Before the fairy could say as much as, hello, or how do you do, or are you well, or what's the matter? The millions of troubled, angry people cried out together in chorus, we want you to help us all quickly, and if you don't, we'll all go mad. The fairy took off his hat quickly and held it before the candle, which had almost gone out because the people shouted so loudly. But what in the air is the matter? He cried to the millions and 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 millions of angry people. And in one voice, they all answered together. It's the man who says, why? Where is he? The fairy cried, very much surprised. On the moon, they all shouted, waving their troubles very fiercely. Well, what do you wish me to do about him? The fairy said wisely, although he was so surprised that he didn't have a single thought in his head. You must stop him from saying why, the people screamed all together. Of course, of course, the fairy promised. Just you all go home and everything will be all right by, let me see, tomorrow morning. Where shall we leave our troubles, they bellowed. Please to put them in the garden under the third apple tree, the fairy said. And all the people rushed to the fairy's little garden and laid their troubles under the third apple tree, which was a 10,000 miles tall and had red and green apples on it as big as balloons. And by the time that the last person had left his trouble, there was a pyramid of troubles around the tree right up to the apples. Then all the people politely thanked the fairy, for they were very much relieved, and they dusted their clothes and straightened their neckties and all flew away. When they had all flown away and the farthest star was perfectly quiet again, the fairy went into his house and looked in a large book which his mother had given him and which told him what to do. He looked under trouble and under man and under the, and moon, and why, but he couldn't find a single bit of advice. Well, I never, exclaimed the fairy. I guess I'll have to do it all by myself. So, after scratching his head for five minutes, he sighed and opened his golden wings and flew out into the air and everywhere in the direction of the moon. He flew all night, and he flew millions and millions and millions of miles, and at last, just toward morning, he saw the moon away off, looking no bigger than a penny. But as he flew toward it, it got bigger and bigger and bigger until he could see it clearly. 
and finally, flying very hard, he came to the very edge of the moon. And then he saw a high rock right on the very edge of the moon. And on top of this rock, there was a tall church. And on top of this church, there was a slender steeple. And away up right at the very top of this steeple, there was sitting a very, 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 very old man with little green eyes and a big white beard and delicate hands like a doll's hands. And this little old man never moved and sat all by himself looking and looking and looking at nothing. The fairy stopped flying and alighted on the moon. He folded his wings and walked up to the high rock and called to the little man. But the little man paid no attention. That little man must be deaf, the fairy said to himself. And so he opened his wings again and flew up to the top of the rock and shouted, Hello! But the old, old, old man sitting on the steeple didn't move. That's certainly a queer little old man, said the fairy. And so he opened his wings for the second time and flew up to the top of the church. And standing on the roof, he cried as loudly as ever he could to the very little old man on the steeple, Come down! But there was no answer. And the little old man with the green eyes and the doll's hands didn't stir. Well, how be wafted! said the fairy in disgust. And so he opened his wings and flew quickly right up to the very top of the slender steeple and alighted on it just beside the little old man. And he bellowed with all his might, What are you doing up here anyway? And the little, very, 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 very old man smiled. And looking at the fairy, he said, Why? Because I've come all the way from the farthest star to see you, the fairy said. Why? said the very, 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 very little old man. Well, just a moment and I'll tell you why, said the fairy. I've heard a great many complaints about you. Why? said the little, very, 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 very old man. Because I've got ears, I suppose, the fairy said angrily. Everybody in the air and everywhere and on all the stars is complaining about you and making a dreadful fuss. Why? said the very, 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 very little old man. Because you say why all the time, said the fairy, and it's driving everybody mad. People can't sleep and can't eat and can't think and can't fly because you're always saying why and why and why and why over and over and over again. And I've come from the farthest star to tell you that you've got to stop this whying. Why? said the little, very, very, very old man. At this, the fairy grew pink with anger. If you don't stop saying why, he said, you'll be sorry. Why? said the very, very little old man. Now see here, the fairy said, that's the last time I'll forgive you. Listen to me. If you say why again, you'll fall from the moon all the way to the earth. And the little, very old man smiled. 
and looking at the fairy, he said, Why? And he fell millions and millions and millions of deep, cool, new, beautiful miles. And with every part of a mile, he became a little younger. First, he became a not very old man, and next, a middle-aged man, and then a young man, and a boy, and finally a child, until, just as he gently touched the earth, he was about to be born.